0: The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weevold. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. I'm-
1: On the radio, where we play all the hits, uh, we do this. Is, of course, Ozzy Osbourne. Why, at the very beginning of a serious and and normal medical program, do we play Ozzy Osbourne? I'm Dave Alexander. Here is Dr. Franklin Wefault.
2: X-Men oh. live. This there are mutants among us.
1: <laughs> the story is. That and we'll cover many other stories. In fact, we'll take your phone calls.
2: That, this is so important for right. people to know. You're
1: right. I'm sorry. I didn't want X-Men to interrupt. X
2: Men Live. All those movies, yeah. It's two. Apparently,
1: Ozzy Osbourne has a weird or a series of weird genetic things, mutations. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the Jeffrey Epstein, was it suicide? Was it not? Everybody's talking about that or did earlier in the week. Guess what? We've got a doctor, and we'll talk about it in detail. But first, let's start it with Ozzy Osbourne.
2: Yeah, I, I found this to be the most thrilling, interesting, yeah. and I think medically important article that I saw all week. A guy in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Now, of course, it's Cambridge, right? Harvard yeah. and the rest of those guys. He said, why is this guy? He's watched the Osbournes, that show. Says, why is this guy still alive? Okay, so for forty years he's been blasting crazy music in his ears. Yeah, he's been drinking worse than a fish. Yeah, yeah. taking all sorts of drugs. Right now, if you've seen the Osborns, he looks bad. He does, he but is. that's in comparison to a corpse. <laughs> I mean, he okay. looks better than a corpse. Sure. So he's what they did was vertical, they, yeah, yeah, they got DNA from Ozzy. And they sequenced every single base pair of his genes and found out some amazing things. And what I didn't know is that they've already discovered the genes for alcohol and yeah. alcohol abuse, which yeah. ones are mutated. They found the genes for morphine, heroin, marijuana, caffeine. I mean, every drug you could possibly imagine. They know which genes make you susceptible to overdoses or, or impervious. Sure. Sure. He's impervious to alcohol. Impervious. Okay. What does that mean? (sighs) That means he drank and drank and drank to the point where you or I would have been dead 15, 20 years ago. Sure. And it didn't affect his system as much. Okay. Still did. Yeah. But he should be dead and he's not. Same thing for all the other drugs he's ingested. And so this is the thing that I think is important about this is that number one, you Oz- fans, are going to keep going to OzFest for at least a little longer. Yeah. And number two, think of what is in store for us. Okay. Now, let me just give you an example. My mother, bless her heart, smoked two packs of unfiltered cigarettes since she was 20 until she died in her 90s and had no lung disease. Right. So, 15% of the population who smoke will get lung cancer. Maybe 20. The rest of them won't. So can we find out in the future by testing everybody's DNA who's at risk for heart disease? Who's at risk for lung disease? I mean, there'll be the gene for Pringles. Yeah. You eat some Pringles, you're going to be a diabetic and die of a heart attack. Or, but, but Dave Alexander right. could eat Pringles.
1: I could get a test, a detailed test, which yes. would tell me which I should have. Right. Pork
2: rinds versus versus say, yeah. yeah. So the other thing that I think was interesting, have you yeah. seen him sort of slink around the TV set? Yeah. It, it, and uh, guess what? What? He has more Neanderthal DNA <laughs> than is expected, <laughs> like twice as much. So okay. we all have neanderthal dna approximately one to two percent of our genetic make- makeup yeah. is directly descended from neanderthals and the neanderthals were very hardy individuals yes. and so those of us apparently who have inherited more neanderthal dna yes are healthier because of our immune systems now uh-huh. apparently the neanderthals didn't get sick that much yeah and they died off why Because we killed them off. We did? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, Well, we with them and then killed them off. Yeah. We were a little smarter. They were a little stronger.
1: But we carry their DNA in us to a certain degree.
2: Yeah. They found some Neanderthal bones, and they were actually able to extract the DNA and run it through the machine and compare it base pair by base pair. But they found out some unique genes that were purely Neanderthal. Now, I want you to carry them.
1: This explains some of the last few memos I got. Okay. During at my work.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: I mean, if you just think back, if you've got people in your organization who don't quite fit in.
2: They're It, it
1: could be that they have 15%
2: rather than 2%. Well, but you know, 2%. the thing is, is that yeah. now they're saying Neanderthals were actually, you know, good people. Yeah. Um, had societies and social networks and stuff. Sure. And we just killed them off. Okay, so Ozzie, back to Ozzy. Ozzy, so he's got more Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. He's got the genes that make him nearly impervious to alcohol toxicity. Oh, you got to get he that. He can take all those drugs and not harm himself yes. as much as you or I, but he can't process caffeine. <laughs> can't, Have really? you ever seen him drinking coffee on the show? No. I bet that's why. Okay. He, he could self-understand. And okay. so when he drank a cup of coffee, the caffeine levels just would go skyrocketing. Right. We, they called it his kryptonite. So really? now, if you want to really be with it, you can call coffee Oz kryptonite.
1: Because I want he a cup can't. of
2: Oz kryptonite, Ozzy kryptonite. All right. Now, one more thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. You notice how he doesn't go, what? Like I do. You know, I'm, I've got high frequency hearing loss. Sure. You never see him talking on the show and his wife will say something. He goes, what'd you say? He doesn't do that because his hearing is good. Now think about it. Yeah. He was blast. He never wears a headset. Yeah. He never puts earplugs in. He just would scream and yell. Now, I don't know if this is true, but apparently he bites off the heads of chickens and spits them out. It happened once. It was a bat. That is explained better than Neanderthal DNA. But anyway, the guy's hearing is perfect. And so they sequenced the gene for hearing, yeah. apparently hearing loss, and he has the best gene for, for not being damaged by loud noise. That explains Excellent. it. So, so I think the great thing, Ozzy Osbourne is now citizen one. Okay, <laughs> by that I mean citizen one for the, for the um, blossoming of DNA research on each and every one of us. It's amazing. We found, our research department did,
1: an Ozzy Osbourne interview that came out after this study, where they determined that he is just some sort of mutant. Yeah. Okay. And here is Ozzy Osbourne speaking through an interpreter on BBC. I do not believe that I am a genetic mutant. (laughs) Mummy. Mummy, mummy, mm-hmm. mummy! I believe they're making mommy. fun of me, mummy. Yeah, yeah, boo, boo. Now, at this point of this point of the interview, he just puts his mouth on the microphone and, and tries
2: to bite it off, and just tries to bite it off.
1: It's, it's really,
2: but so it, so it is it, good. It, this is the thing that is amazing. Yeah, if he is so impervious. Yeah, and he's still like this. Yeah, what would you have, I have been like? <laughs> Gone. 20 years ago. Long gone. We would have been melting protoplasm in the sunlight. I like it.
1: Let's talk about a more serious topic because we got to. Okay, I see. Really serious? Do. Okay. Telephone number here is 919 860 9783. Call and find out whether you want us to talk about Ozzy more or your particular ailments or situations 919-860 we're, yeah,
2: we're open to any and all questions
1: 860 the other question there was something in the
2: apparently your industry is letting yeah, people down i'm kind of worried about it what's up well when i first started this game a long long time ago the death rate for uh, heart attacks and strokes was extremely high and we in the last you know, 20 years, have brought it down 60% and 70% in some cases. Yeah. And so, I was pretty skeptical in hearing that since 2011, it's gone up 2%. It hasn't continued its slide down. Yeah. Now, I thought that was a statistical anomaly. And here I am very proud of the work that I participated in. Right. I couldn't believe it. But I've gone back and looked, and it's true. And it's very sad. And now, one of the things I think that's happened... And I can't prove this. The statistics show that rural deaths, people who live in rural areas, are dying at a much higher rate of heart disease and stroke than those who are living in um, urban areas. Like, yeah. The difference would be Raleigh, North Hills, where I live, versus Smithfield, where I practice. Yeah, And it's true. The, I was recruited here for Cary. They figured Johns Hopkins, Princeton, you want to be with the Cary folks, won't well, Sh- you? They want you treating the folks who live in that area. Who don't need a cardiologist.
1: Okay. Or so who do. I,
2: but the, yeah, but yeah. I decided since there was a job in Smithfield Open, and I knew that these, these individuals and, and these men and women of Smithfield needed okay. good cardiology, and it was true. So um, now I think that a lot of doctors are not being attracted to rural areas in which to practice. So, I can remember when I was in Smithfield, um, I go to the hospital and I think, ah, there must be something wrong with him. Now, there is something wrong with me, but that wasn't the reason <laughs> yeah. why I was practicing in Smithfield. And so, there's this prejudice. And I think that, and I think we need to look into this, is the reason because the disparity between urban care and rural care is mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. And I don't see it in my practice. And and everybody sort of says, yeah, it doesn't happen, not in my backyard. Right. And I. I I have 6,000 patients. Only one of them had a heart attack last year. Only one. That's good. Now, I've picked up a lot of new patients with heart attacks. I've picked up a lot of new patients with heart failure. Sure. But I really am intense in, in you know, they bring in their pills. They bring in their records. I get their records. I sit them down. That first visit is 45 minutes to an hour. I explain what every medicine's for. And then when they come back two weeks, really, they bring their medicines with them. And lo and behold... They don't have some. And so I think that when you look at cardiologists who come out of programs like Johns Hopkins or Duke, mm-hmm. they wanna go to the Big Apple. Yeah. They wanna go to San Fran. Well, there are 48 cardiologists within Wake County. There are five in Johnston County. Wow. And the population, of course, is a lot bigger, okay? But it's not 10 times the population of Johnston County. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we get people to work in rural areas? Now, hospitals in rural areas are failing badly. And why is that? We have so many more insured, commercially insured patients in Raleigh and Wake County than you do in Johnson County. Yeah. Johnson County patients are mainly, there are insured patients. and I don't want any from Johnson County calling <coughs> and saying, I'm, I'm denigrating the county. It's, it's no. where I work and practice. These are my people. But there's fewer percentage of insured patients and more yeah. greater percentage of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Medicaid and Medicare. Right. Rural hospitals can't live on those reimbursements. Okay. Um, for example, yeah. the anesthesiologists in Wake County get 300% of what Medicare pays for Blue Cross Blue Shield patients. Now, they have a monopoly. They negotiated that. There was a huge fuss over this because the anesthesiologists are all one group they're a monopoly and they said we're not doing blue cross blue field unless we get 300 percent of what medicare pays so wow. for a while there they weren't in the blue cross network wow but it became a nightmare so we have to solve this problem and i don't know how but we i, I get a 10 percent bonus on my patients who are in medicare who live in the zip codes that Medicare says is underrepresented. Those people are underrepresented. Yeah, I think it has to be more than that because um, I, I don't even notice. I mean, I get this bonus check every quarter from Medicare, and it's it's nice. You know, it gets me a cup of coffee, and uh, and yeah. you know, and yeah. and I think that we need to do something about it, especially if we can find out for sure if I'm right that the rising incidence of coronary disease deaths and stroke deaths is coming from a lack of rural care.
1: All right. We'll talk about this and many mother and many other issues. Medical tourism. What is it? And should your surgeon participate? Maybe you should. Uh, we've got our intern, Madeline Amato, coming on. She's going to talk about some food supplements and things that have been touted as healthy and, and I, we'll find you know, out let me more. tell
2: you you know what a skeptic i am yeah. i believe yeah believe, I believe what and what she's going to talk about okay all right sounds
1: good all that and more and your phone calls at 919-860-9783 hard health on wptf
0: now back to hard health with dr franklin Wefold on am 680 wptf
1: Telephone number 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783, and uh, this is Heart Health. Big thing happened this week, we'll uh, hear a little bit from Don Daylor with CBS News. Jeffrey Epstein used a bed
0: sheet attached to the top of a bunk bed, according to the New York Times, which also said the autopsy said he hung himself with enough force to break several bones in his neck. That disputes conspiracy theories that the disgraced financier was murdered to protect powerful friends and enemies about whom he
1: may have had incriminating information. Dr. Wefault, do you think that the medical examiner or the coroner came to the right conclusion?
2: I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna come down on either side. I'm gonna okay. say that there is evidence, physical evidence, that suicide by hanging was an unusual conclusion based on the fact that he fractured this one bone in his neck. It was pretty badly fractured, called the hyode bone. Yeah. And in men, they have the Adam's apple. It's right below that, and it's one of the bones that helps you control your neck muscles and things like that. Okay. Now, if you look at the statistics, 25% of hangings are associated with the fracture of the hyode bone. And, you know, they were associated with the actual nooses. And it was more associated when the noose was around the neck instead of in the back. Now, is it possible because of his age and because of the fact that it was a second apparent suicide attempt, Mm -hmm. um, it's possible that it was a suicide? I looked at his cell, and I sure wish they would tell me how he did that because these cells are supposedly suicide proof. There's no hooks. um, The beds don't have rails. Okay. Okay. Where did he attach this thing to? I can't figure it out. And I think unless it's going to become another grassy knoll, they had to demonstrate what really happened. Now, why was there no cellmate? Okay. He was. Yeah. Why was he off suicide watch? Right. Why were there only two guards, who apparently were asleep, quote yeah. unquote, yep. and one of them wasn't even really a guard. It was a substitute who was some, you know, uh, administrator. Right. And. Why didn't anybody find him for 30 minutes? They're supposed to check on him every 15. So, this is going to become another grassy knoll. And for people who aren't familiar, that's where they think there was a second shooter in the Kennedy assassination. right? November 22nd, 1963. Now, I don't think we'll remember, I don't even remember the date that Osborne hung himself, quote-unquote. Epstein, yeah. Epstein. Osborne <laughs> hasn't done it yet. He's I he's impervious know. to that. That's he's, another gene. That's another thing. But I'm saying... That they need to settle this because, after all, one of the things that the New York Times doesn't tell you is that Clinton lied. I mean, he said he was on Epstein's plane four times. Yeah. And there's a very reputable reporter who got a hold of the pilot logs yeah. of the Lolita Express, which yeah. is Epstein's plane, 27 times. And most of those times, there were underage girls on the plane. And this is according to the pilot's logs. These aren't yeah. made up. Yeah. These were made at the time that Clinton got on the plane. And guess how many times the Secret Service came with him? About one-third of the time. Yeah. So there was no Secret Service to monitor him. Why, why would they let him get on a, the Lolita Express yeah. and fly down to his fantasy island Yes. You know, de plane boss. And yes. It and was. so why is the New York Times admitting that there's a problem here? And they only published that, what Clinton said, that I was only on his plane four times and it was all, you know, domestic um, flights, which is, you know, contra- I'm not going to say it's a lie, but it's contradicted by the pilot log. So unless you say the pilots 27 times, or excuse me, 20 four times, yeah. no, 23 times, were in error, then what does that tell you? And so it's now become this big conspiracy thing, okay? And how are we going to get rid of this conspiracy thing? Clinton's got to come clean, and yeah. we ought to find out how exactly this guy could have taken a bedsheet, yes, with nothing to hang it on okay. and hang himself
1: can you injure those bones and by the way they they're just they say hyoid bone and they say several other bones
2: yeah and i'm sorry i don't remember what they were you but have you seen like a list well i mean if you look at where you hang it's yeah. underneath the jaw yeah and so especially with this he had to press his neck down a self strangulation he had to because there's there was nothing that he could swing from the, yeah, the roof. Yeah. So he had to physically tie the bed sheet across some supportive structure yeah. and force his neck down on it with his own power yeah. until he passed out. So the question becomes, how did he do this? And what do the autopsy photos show? Yeah. And can you please explain or or at least demonstrate where this sheet was hung? Yeah. I'm skeptical.
1: I have worked in facilities where there is a fear of 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 suicide, of course. And and there are places where they're taking off you know the standard door handle that sort of looks like a curved right. piece of metal. Are taking that off? It's now replaced by a C-shaped piece of metal. You couldn't tie anything to to. I to,
2: saw right. his cell. There's yes. no shower thing. It comes out of the ceiling. There's yeah. no shower head. Yeah. There's nothing that you can attach anything to the walls. Even the sink is rounded. Yeah. And and the water, there's no um, faucet. It just spurts out of the hole. Yeah. I mean, these were designed to prevent suicide. So I'd like to know how he did it. I think we have a caller, huh?
1: We do. Actually, you know who it is. It's uh, our intern, Madeline. Great. And we're going to get with Maddie after our news break, which is coming up in just a few seconds. Medical Tourism... And um, intern Madeline in just a little bit. Also, you know, your Apple Watch and all that detail, all those bits of information that your Apple Watch collects about you. Apparently, it's not worth anything to your GP.
2: At least not yet.
1: Not yet. Okay. So, we'll talk about those things and take your phone calls. 919 860 9783. Call now. 919-860-9783-News Radio 680-WPTF.
0: Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM 680 WPTF.
1: Or the telephone number is 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander, Dr. Franklin Weefold here. And we've got intern Maddie, who is Madeline amato Gonna tell, you know, and Maddie, I gotta tell you. When Dr. Weefald said you were going to talk about gingers, I was so happy because I love redheads. I think that they can be, they're just, it's not. that's
2: a British term, isn't it? Ginger. Ginger. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Gilligan's Island.
1: I don't care whether they don't have a soul at all. But no, apparently you're not going to talk about
2: gingers. You're going to talk about the stuff that you eat. Madeline, go ahead. Tell us what you found
3: out. So I found out that um, ginger is really good for inflammation. And I also found out that turmeric is good for inflammation as well as it fights against Alzheimer's and it um, also helps joints and your gut. It'll make your gut um, function better. And then I also found out that Milk thistle is very good for your liver.
2: Are we hearing this correctly? Milk yeah. thistle. I, you know, I don't know what milk thistle is. Did you ever? Do you, do you know what it looks like, Madeline? I don't. I mean, it's apparently some well, little flower.
3: The only thing I've seen is it's like in a little capsule. Yeah. It's white.
1: It's got to be a plant
2: it's thing. It's a plant based. Sure. Flour. You know, and yeah. so they, they are these supplements expensive? I mean, do you have to pay a, a mucho amount?
3: You know. It really depends on where you buy them, but some can be more expensive
2: than others. Are are there more reputable companies than any other, or do you know?
3: I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't either. Well, it's interesting, um, and I guess there's science behind this, right? I mean, aren't there, like, uh, doctors, groups, and really reputable groups that are uh, promoting this, especially to try to reduce the amount of uh, narcotic pain meds um, that are taken? Uh,
3: Yeah, so... What I've learned, um, my dad uses, my dad's a dentist, and any He deals with
2: pain.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So finish your thoughts. Sorry.
3: No, you're good. Any time he uh, extracts a tooth, he will, say, take two Advil and one Tylenol, and he won't prescribe um, a hydrocodone to the patient, because a lot of the... Opioid like addictions have come from people getting their teeth pulled, and it is proven that two Advil and one Tylenol works more effective than um, hydrocodone.
2: And that was a pretty scientific study, wasn't it? They did what's what we talk about here is a randomized trial. They took and made um, you know the medicines look alike, and they got the patients to agree to be in the trial, and they gave half of them. You know, an unknown. They that patients didn't know they were taking the Advil Tylenol combination versus the hydrocodone. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, this is really important for all pain management, and it came from a dental trial. Is that right? Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. So does your, dad,
2: does your dad also recommend the turmeric and ginger for for when they when they get their teeth extracted and try to reduce the
3: pain that way? Um. He's definitely mentioned it to a couple of patients. Um. He doesn't de- like necessarily prescribe it but it
1: definitely does turmeric is actually also a pain blocker so
2: turmeric is a pain blocker yeah it, w- it does more than so. anti-inflammation yeah what I read is that it produces the uh, leukotrienes which are these little signals between um, inflammatory cells but it also blocks pain receptors just like Madeline said so it's amazing and you know I sent your article I mean you sent me the article by email and I, so I started taking it Really? Yeah, I'm taking turmeric and ginger, and I'm taking milk thistle, and you know what? Yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's a placebo effect. I don't think it is, but I feel great. Do you, do you take them, Madeline? Um, I do. Tell me, tell me how it's affected you as, in a positive way.
3: Well, I definitely think my gut functions better on them, uh-huh. and also I hurt my knee recently, and the inflammation and swelling has gone down a little bit and it's hurt way less than
2: before. Yeah, I'm up and down on my feet, and um, I usually have to take three Advil and two extra-strength Tylenols about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I'm getting to 5 o'clock, and I just realized I hadn't had to take them. I, I'm really uh, thankful for your suggestion. And the fact, you know, you know me, I, I think whatever works, works, but it has to have a scientific basis, and this really does. Okay. Really fantastic.
1: Maddie, thank you very much. Thank Ma- you. Madeline is our intern. She is a student in the Boone area. Absolutely. And she will end up being a PA, yep, physician assistant. Yes, she wants assistant. to be
2: a trauma physician's assistant. That's excellent.
1: Thank you, Maddie. Um, we'll see you next week. What's medical tourism? Let me
2: tell you, I used to be very skeptical of this. Yeah. Um, to save money, a lot of patients who were uninsured yeah, would go to Mexico, would go to India And they would pay out of pocket for bypass surgery, for knee replacements, hip replacements. And they would swear by it. And they would go down there to Cancun, for example, and have a little mini vacation, get the hip replaced, pay cash, which would be often one-tenth of what American hospitals would request, and then come home and do great. Well, it's caught on. It's now become an official Thing. So there are companies in Minnesota, and it's called NASH, N-A-S-H, North American Surgical Hospitals. Okay. And it's, it's a group that has arranged for many companies who are self-insured. The insurance costs have gone so high. So I'm self-insured for the deductibles for my group mm-hmm. because, I mean, I would have had to pay twice as much for I've already paid $100,000 a year for my group. Yeah. I would've had to pay $200,000 a year for a $500 deductible policy. So I've got healthy people and I, I took a gamble and I, what I told my people was that I will cover their deductible yeah. if they need it. And so far only one person in our office has needed it. But, so these companies take a gamble and they become self-insured. But what they're doing now is they've got American physicians you know, this one guy that goes to Cancun to replace joints is from the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. And then they've contracted with a hospital in Cancun. They sent some investigators down there and they determined that they would meet all the credentialing criteria of an American hospital. Well, this sample lady that they talk about, she was paid $2,700. Now think of this. She didn't have to pay her deductible. They paid her. Twenty seven hundred bucks. They flew her down, expenses covered, yeah. to Cancun. Yes. The the Mayo Clinic surgeon flew down to Cancun. Yes. They did her surgery there. Yeah. He flew back, got and he got Well, you
1: not know, let's stop for a moment. Yeah. He golfed, then he flew back. I don't know.
2: Okay. Right. Maybe he sat on the beach. He might have. Yeah, but I would. All I can say is she came back, she's happy. Guess how much the company saved? I don't know. About $65,000. Wow. Yeah. Not only was the hospitalization one-tenth of what it would have cost in yeah. cash terms in the United States. Okay. But the, the hip or whatever the replacement was, the metal, okay, was yeah. one-tenth the cost.
1: Can I get Blue Cross Blue Shield, the state plan, to do this for well, me? Well, you
2: know what's going to happen? It's hmm. going to happen more and more when this is so successful because – And I'm going to say this right now, you know, hospitals have to have a certain number of people per regulations. Yeah. I went into the hospital. I had a great experience. I mean, I had three hernias repaired at one time. It was outpatient. I went home. But the nurse was great. But she sat there and typed the whole time. Yeah. They had somebody come in and take my vital sign.
1: You're talking about this. This is my
2: experience. I'm not. The hospital is great, but I don't want to say which one. But in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. My Blue Cross Blue Shield paid for it. Okay. And they had one person come in and take my vital signs. She left. Another person came in and did my EKG. She left. Yeah. Another person came in and drew the blood. She left. And all the while, the nurse just typed. Type, 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 type. Yes. Then a transporter came in. And no, no. And there was another person who started my IV. Yeah. So there were five individuals involved in getting me ready. In Mexico, Uno. Yeah. Who Yeah. And why can't? But Because a nurse in the United States has 70 pages of charts to create or else they don't get paid if they sure. don't document the, the length of my pinky toenail and the last time I cut it. You're very comfortable with this idea. I'm very comfortable. I I am so not. Well, I had, there's an Indian doctor in Smithfield who asked me to invest. Yeah. He was going to build his own hospital in India, and I think he's still going to do it. Wow! And a lot of Indians um, who are practicing in the United States are going back to India. Yeah, because you can. The doctors in the United States can't own hospitals. We're not allowed. We're barred. Yeah. So they're building their own hospitals, yeah. and these are American trained surgeons, American trained doctors, and they're opening up hospitals there, and they're going to set up medical tourism. And I think it's going to work. And I think what we have to wise up to is that when you look at the reason why the health expenditures are so high in the United States, it's not that we utilize healthcare more. It's that it costs more. Right. Okay. So an MRI in England is, I don't know, X dollars and MRI in the United States is 20X dollars. Yeah. And we have to figure out why. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the physicians. Okay. The the what we make is 10%. We make 10% of the medical pie. Okay.
1: Hospitals, In the US, yeah.
2: hospitals 80, not 70% goes to hospital. Yeah. 10%, now 20% or more goes to medicines. So it, we're not the whipping boys. We should not be the whipping boys or the whipping women. We're not the reason why healthcare is so expensive. Now, that surgeon got $2,800 to do that surgery in Cancun. Yes. Medicare would have paid him $900. Wow. Yeah. So the doctor in going to Cancun got three times as much as he would have gotten to do that woman's surgery in the United States, and he got a free trip. Yeah. The entirety of the savings was the hospital cost.
1: But you know the way surgeons are. They line up nine surgeries. Yeah,
2: because I mean they're that, a from good surgeon. seven
1: in the morning. Yeah, but that's because
2: they're good. Yeah, okay. I mean, what would you rather do? Go to a surgeon who's busy or go to a surgeon who says, yeah, I can do your surgery in five minutes.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. It, you're convincing I, listen, me. I guess you're convincing me. Listen,
2: the jury is out, but I think that it's coming. Okay. And it's going to be substantial. And American hospitals have to wise up. Okay.
1: We're going to do some shout outs. Some people have gotten much better at treating their health conditions. And Dr. Wefault is going to give them a pat on the back for that coming up in just a moment. Also, your phone calls, should you dial them, these numbers are 919-860-9783. Heart Health. You know you make me This
2: is Heart Health
1: News Radio 680 WPTF and this time of the show we like to give people credit for making progress or something or doing something good for us. And Dr. Weefald is here with a uh, well, couple I of saw, people in his own practice, and you've gotten <clears throat> permission to speak about I
2: saw them. a great man, Harmon yeah. Smith, and, yeah. and I just wanted to give a shout out to Harm. He is a former preacher, and he and I go way back. His uh, wife, Jackie Smith, was uh, a heart patient who he had some very serious heart problems, but she kept her... Head above water and always had a positive attitude. Harmon then developed some heart problems, and he kept going. And he taught me something this week. Yeah, um, He came in, and I had started him on a new blood pressure medication. And he called me on my cell phone and said, look, I'm not doing well. He came in, and I usually don't like patients to self-diagnose. But he said, I, th- I think your medicine's killing me.
1: Wow. <laughs> well,
2: I you know, he was right. I had over- shot. His blood pressure was high yeah, and I overshot his medication. And so what I want to give a shout out to Harmon is is that call your doctor. Don't wait. And the other thing is don't think your doctor's going to be upset if you tell him the medicine that you're taking is not working. Right. The doctor doesn't have a vested interest. He doesn't say I can't have given you too much.
1: Yeah. Now if he
2: does or she does get a new doctor. Sure. Okay, then the other person, and I'll explain why, Marie Casey and Bill Casey, they've called before, but I want to give them a shout out, because in the end, we're going to talk about unusual heart attack symptoms, and one of the people who taught me about these symptoms is Marie. She's doing well. She's had some heart work. She's had some stents. She's had some surgeries, but she's taking her pills, and she's doing great, her chemicals. Yeah. And then her husband, Bill, is a... uh, Great patient. He's had some heart problems. He's I put in his pacemaker. Yeah, and he's doing well too now. It's been touch and go with him, but he looked great the last time I saw him.
1: Excellent. If you have not heard this entire show, I feel badly for you. But uh, you can catch us on iTunes and on wptf.com.
2: Yeah, just search iTunes Heart H E R T yes. Health, and, and we're, we're the number, first ones.
1: We're the number one. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right, Shorty and Shorty. Silver. Thank you very much for joining us. How you doing, Shorty?
3: I'm doing. I'm doing. I just want you to know I enjoyed the music while I was waiting.
2: Well, you know, that's all Dave. That's all Dave Alexander. No, He's try. such a creative guy.
3: Uh, mm. Listen, uh, I wanted to tell you, yes, I do call him when I need him. Good. If, if the medicine's not right, I'm the first to tell him. Yep. Because he really doesn't know our... Our body, how it makes
2: us feel. Well, Shorty, you you show up when you're sick, and do I see you? Yeah, of course. Shorty, my patients just walk in the door.
3: That's good. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm walking in Monday.
2: Okay, what's wrong?
3: Nothing. It's time. Oh, it's It's time. week before my surgery, remember?
2: Oh, that's right. See, Shorty, I've got. I don't have the Ozzy Osbourne Neanderthal DNA. My memory's bad. So have lunch ready. Shorty, do you have an
1: off-the-wall conspiracy theory about Jeffrey Epstein, because I think that's why you called. <laughs> I do.
3: I, think, I, Tell I me. think he's in Switzerland.
1: What is it? What do you think?
3: I think he's in Switzerland.
1: You think he didn't die? They faked his death.
2: Oh, that's another thing.
1: hmm He's it's with funny, Elvis. You know, it's too shady. You know, yeah.
3: Wrong here?
2: You know, I saw a guy at the Burger King drive through yeah. yep. who a dead ringer for Epstein. Yep, 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 yep. And you know his neck was not
1: red.
3: The Burger King. I
1: think he's in Yeah, Shorty, you got a great theory there. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, take care of yourself. Take it and go. Hope you have good luck with your surgery. I'll see you Monday. All right. Thanks a lot, Shorty. He's not dead. Maybe that's it. That's it. Because it's I always
2: the first one who suggested that.
1: It's the thing you don't think of. You got to have Shorty around or yeah. other people like her to come up with the the yeah. wild theory. All yeah. right. The Apple Watch is no good for your doctor. If you have well, an Apple it, Watch, talked about this. just just don't expect so that all study. that information yeah. is
2: going to be good. And, and so, you know, it's just not there yet. Um,
1: okay. We'll work in that direction. We yeah. want to get to the other thing. Yeah, um, there's Heart an article I read, and,
2: and this is why I gave the shout out to Marie Casey. Yeah, And that women are very hard sometimes to diagnose their coronary artery symptoms. Because they can be atypical. Now, this is not a sexist comment. It's not to say that women are weird. It's that women can sometimes have different symptoms. We don't yet know why. But one of them is, quote, unquote, hot flashes. Now, we use the term diaphoresis. So when a man has classic symptoms of a cholesterol blockage, it's not letting enough blood get down that artery tube Mm -hmm. into the muscle. They have tightness in the chest. I hate to say pain. If you ask a patient for having pain, pain is a cut or a broken bone. That's yeah. the sensation. Tightness, heaviness, that sometimes it travels down the left arm into the jaw, hmm. accompanied by, as we always say, shortness of breath and diaphoresis. That's sweating. But hot flashes in women are almost always pinned on some sort of estrogen thing or postmenopausal. Now, yeah. Marie came to me. And she was saying, "Doctor, we I just flush. I just break out in a sweat, and I flush." Now she's way past the menopause, mm-hmm. so she at that time had seen another physician. He did everything. I mean, he did a heart catheterization yeah. and said you are okay because she's had previous heart trouble. So she comes to me, and you know, darn it if her symptoms just were unexplainable. Yeah. So we did a stress test, the other doctor had gone straight to a catheterization, and sure enough her stress test was markedly abnormal. So when we went and did her heart cath, we took an unusual view that you normally don't focus on, and we found the blockage. So Marie, shout out to you again, because you were the one who taught me about diaphoresis, which is the medical term, or hot flashes. and. That's something for y'all to be aware of. If you're postmenopausal and a woman and you're having hot flashes, I'm not saying it's going to be your heart, but get it checked out because it could be. Now, the other unusual symptom is dizziness. We don't know why. It's not anything to do with a lack of blood flow to the brain, but for some women, The only symptom of an impending heart attack, and sometimes men too, can be a sensation of dizziness. And we ask them to pin it down. It's not like vertigo. It's not like the room spinning around. It is just a sense that their head's not quite right, and they'll describe it as dizziness. So if you have dizziness that's persistent, or especially dizziness that comes on when you try to do something physical, because if you have a blockage of cholesterol, you might be fine when you're resting because that small amount of blood flows enough. But if you start walking and you get dizzy, then that's something you need to talk to your doctor about.
1: I urge you to at least listen to the first segment of this show on the repeat at WPTF.com or iTunes. This is Heart Health.
0: The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.